Welcome to Untold Stories of Perth, Part 6. My name is Elsa Silberstein. I'm a West Australian storyteller and podcaster. In Part 2, you heard about the Coolbaroo League dancers, a reprieve for Aboriginal people in East Perth, outside of the prohibited area where people could congregate, dance and celebrate in the 40s, 50s and 60s. The League dances were something that were really unique to look forward to. You knew you'd catch up with everyone. There'd be Aboriginal bands and music. There'd be prizes and awards. There'd be people talking about what needed to be changed. It was a real sense of uh, a political movement as well. The League would eventually turn into a federal vehicle for civil rights. And in this episode, we're going to meet elders who have played an important part in the fight for empowerment of Aboriginal people in this city. The fight to do it their way. Wongi, my Myabada, doing it our way. That was Auntie Margaret Colbong, advocate for Aboriginal community health and reconciliation. You'll also hear about Auntie Muriel Bowie, who gave more than a decade of her life to helping Aboriginal women reunite with their children and flee domestic violence. Margaret Culbong was born in Narragin in 1944. And I'm from the Wadjuk clan group of the Noongar Nation. My ancestors lived in Kings Park and this was their country, Wadjuk country. Her life would be affected by the discrepancy in health services for Aboriginal people from day one. Aboriginal people weren't treated in hospitals and so we had our own midwives who delivered the little Noongar babies. Margaret saw the same injustices in the education system. And that was quite an ordeal actually, going to school in Narragin. Um, my father said that we had to learn English, the white man's language, so that we can know what they're talking, to understand what they're talking about. So my mother sat for a week outside the headmaster's office and the Narragin Primary School waiting for the headmaster or the education department to allow me to go into a classroom. Eventually, Margaret and her siblings were allowed to attend the primary school. And when we went in this classroom, we couldn't sit near the other kids. We either had to sit right at the back of the classroom, away from all the other, other students, or else we sat right down in the front of the classroom and we had to look up to the, to the blackboard to read and write. Segregation was enforced at the school. Aboriginal kids couldn't play on the playground that white kids were playing at and there was only one toilet they were allowed to use. Despite this, Margaret excelled at school. One of my best subjects was maths or arithmetic and English. So I was told that I was cheating. I, I liked numbers and words it didn't it was so easy it didn't mean a thing so i was told that i was cheating in high school margaret won a scholarship to study in perth where she studied business management and later got a bookkeeping job in the welfare department and that is where she started seeing some cultural incompetencies and i and i read was reading some of their files and i said you got it all wrong so i wasn't allowed to read the files (laughs) 
idea because they had the wrong relationship because they didn't understand Aboriginal law and Aboriginal culture and Aboriginal way. That's what it was. During this time, Margaret would walk past the Royal Perth Hospital on her way to work and it got her thinking about a career in nursing. As a nurse, Margaret worked in the Kimberley and the Murchison-Gascoyne regions, experiencing firsthand the many health problems faced by Aboriginal communities. Then, she started doing community health checks. And what I found was that the way, the, the type of, the services, the lack of services they were given to the Aboriginal people. And I thought, well, that's got to stop. At first, Margaret didn't have the opportunity to make change to the issues she was seeing in Aboriginal health because there was lots of red tape around the government process. Then, one day... I was travelling back to Geraldton and um, thinking to myself on the road, I didn't like the way, I didn't like the lack of services that was given to the Yamaji people. I thought they had to do something about it. There was a national Aboriginal health organisation and Margaret was one of the state representatives. So I got back to Geraldton and decided that um, they're going to set up an Aboriginal health service and as an Aboriginal medical service. I worked with the Aboriginal community, the Yamaji community in Geraldton, and I was with the National Aboriginal Conference, National NACC, National Aboriginal Council. And and I had a, I had space. I had one room which the Gurunjawinja do, which is the Aboriginal Boomerang Council of Geraldton, gave me an office to use. There was space there to set up a, a health service. Margaret was a founding member of the Geraldton Regional Aboriginal Medical Service Committee and has helped develop the Aboriginal-run and controlled organisation which offers a range of health services to Aboriginal people, including mental health services. Margaret continues to advocate for Aboriginal-controlled organisations and the right to equal health services for Aboriginal people. So it's called Wongu My Barada, doing it our way. Margaret has been honoured with an honorary doctorate in science from Curtin University, received a John Curtin Medal for her work in Aboriginal health and is part of the City of Perth's Elders Advisory Group. To Margaret, reconciliation is about recognising the injustices of the past and making things better for future generations. Because they had the white Australian policy and they wanted to breed out the black people. And we said, no, that's not on. This is our land, this is our culture. You have to acknowledge and accept who we are. Muriel Bowie was born in York in 1941. I belong to the Baladong and Watak. Communities. The third of ten kids in her family. I was a bush baby, I call myself a bush baby because uh, my mum wasn't allowed in the hospital in those days. And from a young age, Muriel was fighting the bullies at school who would call her racist names. 
Mainly the boys used to be the worst ones to fight them, you know. Many of Muriel's cousins were taken away by the government to missions across WA. In 1937, four years before Muriel was born, the Commonwealth Government held a national conference on Aboriginal affairs, which agreed that Aboriginal people, quote-unquote, not of full blood, should be absorbed or assimilated into the wider population. The aim of this assimilation was to make the, quote, Aboriginal problem gradually disappear so that Aboriginal people would lose their identity in the wider community. We had a big impact on us, you know, because one minute we had our cousins there and the next minute they were gone. After Muriel left school, she found it hard to get work. It was pretty difficult because, you know, no racism was pretty bad and some of the people wouldn't hide young eyes or whatever. She ended up getting a job as a housekeeper with a local doctor. And once I started working with them, things sort of changed. He made, they made sure that the young eyes, if they were in hospital, because they, they used to put them out on the veranda, he made sure that, you know, if we, any of our kids went to hospital, he'd put them in the wards. And the mums had babies in the wards because, like I said, otherwise they used to have the babies out on the verandas or on, in a tent, whatever was put outside the hospital. She then moved to Perth and started getting involved in the Coolbaroo League. Well, we used to go to dancing at the Cooper League. We'd all be all dressed up to the ninth in our... We're Sunday best and, you know, we used to wear the stiletto heels. How we danced and what I don't know, but we did dance. Muriel met her husband Lyle at a nightclub. And after having three children, she went to TAFE and received a diploma in welfare. Aboriginal only refuge. Muriel helped to return children to their traditional families who had been taken away by the welfare system. And the mums were trying to get them back. It's stressful work, but I enjoyed it. I really loved working with my people. She also worked with vulnerable women escaping domestic violence or homelessness. Whoever was in need and we had a bed. And then we'd have to get them into her house and then work with DCP and to get them back, get their children back and, you know, then try and help them as much as we can. And it was really great because I'd meet these dear old ladies from Central Desert and I'd take them for a drive, Sunday night drive or just a ride at night. And I took a two of them down to Cottesloe Beach and I said, oh, come here and have a look at, come here, let's go and have a little walk in the sea. They would, they just grab each side and we're not going near those waves, they're going to swallow us up. And it was so beautiful to experience it with them, you know. But I'd never thought I would do to see so, these two old, dear old ladies. They were that frightened of a wave, I just couldn't believe it. Here I was, you know, ready to take them swimming, but they didn't. You know, mm. they had no idea what the city was like, poor old dears. And Muriel sees the work that she did as a special time in her life. So I worked there for... Oh, quite a while, about 15 or 16 years. And she still sees her Aboriginal colleagues. There's five of us left. We still go out and enjoy each other's birthday or just have a get-together, have a lunch. And we do it every twice a year or something just to keep together. So I've retired in 2006. So we still keep in contact with each other. Yeah, so it's great. Auntie Margaret and Auntie Muriel. 
two elders on the City of Perth Elders Advisory Group. They're the city's bridges, the bosses, advising the City of Perth's Reconciliation Action Plan and overseeing the city on important issues. Mordich Bridges, Solid Bosses, is a photographic portrait exhibition by Eva Fernandez, commissioned by the City of Perth Cultural Collections. The exhibition runs from the 10th of November 2020 to the 29th of January 2021 at Council House. You have to come our way. Our way. So it's called Wongi Mai Barada. Doing it our way. Our way.